is up and welcome back to the Trilogy Wellness Podcast. Today I have with me Mr. CJ Kobliska and man, it was an absolute honor to sit down with him and chat about all things movement and get to dive in a little bit deeper so you guys get to know him a little bit better and also so I get to know him a little bit better. And uh, this one's a real treat. Um, CJ happens to be more mentor for me because he was a huge part of the MDMC program. And I remember finding him on Instagram probably about two years ago and just was kind of blown away with some of the stuff that he was doing. Um, so at the end of the show, I have him plug all of his stuff, but in case you guys decide not to listen past the intro, <laughs> uh, his name on Instagram is Movement Exploration Channel, and he is up to some really cool and funky stuff on there, so I highly recommend just going on his feed and vegging out for a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And of course, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, or Hit me a review on Spotify as well, please and thank you. And now to the show. Yeah, so the the logo, um, we had uh, we both love like uh, we both love like kind of esoteric stuff and and like through all of life's challenges, like one of the big things that like um, actually behind me, I don't know if you can see it, it's Joseph Campbell book. Um, one of the things that, uh, that like really changed for me was like my relationship to the snake, you know, and like what that, what, what that means, you know? And then, um, as I, as I grew into it, it kind of just naturally evolved from like, you know, trilogy wellness being like in the shape of a triangle and then, you know, the snake kind of like speaking to the more primal aspects of like being human so yeah originally there was a mace in the center of it with on with two hands and then the snake going and then i was we both decided like nah get rid of that yeah just dude, a piece yeah. of the puzzle yeah she actually dude she worked on it for like man i want to say like three or four weeks like she had to like learn all sorts of stuff for it so yeah she's pretty badass it looks official thanks man um yeah so ladies and gentlemen welcome to trilogy wellness today we have mr cj kobliska did i say that right kobliska kobliaski kobliska <laughs> kobasa yeah kobliska is, is the perfect one kobliska there we go we got mr cj kobliska he is a coach at gymnazo um but he also plays many other roles within Genazo, as I'm sure you will find out in this podcast. Um, so without further ado, CJ, tell these people a little bit more about you. This is my least favorite part about anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Um, but it's hard to, hard to boil it down. Um, I'll oh, leave for you sure. to uh, infer some things. But um, yeah, I mean, my, my role here at Gymnazo, so professionally, um, I'm the director of experience and that entails everything from programming. Um, so our entire group sessions, 
and semi-private and one-on-ones. I oversee a lot of the programming. Um, my big focus is building sustainable programs across multiple ages and demographics. So um, not just having a one-size-fits-all program, but a program that can be coached to every individual based on your education as a coach. So a big part of my role is also to help educate on what this program is designed to do. Uh, we do a lot of functional training um, as a buzzword. It's just what is functional training? Function is whatever you're doing. Um, so the people that we have coming in, they're living in slow, they're hiking, walking, they've got family, young kids, grandkids, uh, live active lifestyles, they like to travel, um, and like to be able to serve each other uh, as a community. So a lot of my programming goes into helping people be ready to serve in any way, shape, or form, whether that's yard work, whether that's babysitting, whether that's watching your own kids, um, just being able to play around and have fun in life um, and feel able and not having to avoid certain things. So uh, it's all encompassing program, but uh, to have it organized in a fashion that can be coached by our coaches and even beyond um, people, not just coaching here at Gymnazo, but coaches all over um, the US and the world that want a program like this, like one of you, those MDM skiers out there, um, is, it's, a, it's a big role. It's, it started out with just being a coach. I come, I come into another coach's program and got to learn a lot about the intentions behind the movements because there are a lot of unorthodox, non-traditional lifts, um, non-conventional or unconventional lifting, swings and throws and stuff that involves a lot of stuff laterally and rotationally, which traditionally is um, avoided. Everything's more up and down, so more vertical or straight ahead in front of us. But life is maybe just a percent forward. You know, we walk and we go forward. We see things in front of us. Right now we're talking in front of us, but we go to reach for something. We go to turn around and grab something. We go to pick something up off the floor. Or we're not even thinking about how we're moving. We're just moving through whatever our body's asking us to do and whatever the world's asking us to do. So uh, programming, yeah. the educational side, and diving into a lot of the biology, physics, and um, psychology of movement uh, comes from applied functional science uh, which is the great institute's kind of uh, forte they, they focus in on applying function to these sciences applying how to use physics and understand it and help educate and drip education to your own clients and athletes and even to yourself without feeling like it's a lecture um, and just embodying principles of, of movement, knowing that we can move through 3D space, we can move forward and backwards, we can move laterally, we can move rotationally. Now, how do we do that in a sound matter, a uh, very intentional ma intentional way um, to where we're feeling like we're gaining something, where we're sustaining our level of function or we're growing beyond it. Every age is a little bit different. You know, We got people that are 20 to 40 years old kind of living in their prime in terms of their strength, their power, their cardiovascular output, what they can do in their life. And then we've got people who are 40, 50, 60 that are saying, Hey, like I've, I've done that. I've been in my prime. Now I just want to sustain this. And then people who are 70 and 80 who are saying, I need to regain function. I don't want to end up like my brother or my sister or my mom or my dad, uh, where I had to take care of them for 10 years. You know, they weren't able to take care of themselves. And a lot of it comes down to a lack of some kind of physical practice. And even more so a lack of a full spherical, um, physical practice that also connects the mental aspects and the spiritual aspects. If we're looking at it from that trilogy or those three pieces. So yeah. um, it's exciting. It's, it's a lot of work um, and it's a lot of thinking and trying to figure out how to relay a message that's in my brain and in my body 
because I feel really good with movement. I feel very connected to my body and I want others to feel that. Um, and it may not be the same way I move. It's how they move. We've all got a body and we all move in similar ways, but depending on our lifestyle and our awareness and uh, who's in our environment or who's in our, our social circle, that's going to influence how we move and how we think and how we feel. So mm. um, that's really the whole experience piece. I was director of programming. I was a coach then I was director of programming. And then we've changed it to director of experience because I really feel that programming is important, but it's only an aspect of my role. And I feel like um, I can extrapolate from that programming and really help people connect deeper with themselves and with their, uh, with everything else that they're surrounded by um, in some deeper ways. So yeah, that's, that's the professional side. Um, in terms of personal, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father now, as of a month ago, um, back in September, Congrats, very exciting. I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a friend. Um, those are just kind of pieces of my identity that help me connect and keep me sane, keep me um, uh, in a good path. And I think that identity is important, but it's not something we should solely focus on. So I really feel uh, my, my personal identity and what I do is just to help serve others through serving myself. So it's kind of like I have a saying, um, be selfishly unselfish. You need to take care of you in order to take, other, take care of other people. If you're trying to take care of other people and you're not taken care of, you're going in a downward spiral and it's, it's dangerous. Um, yeah. so a lot of people take that spiral. So, um, yeah, I'm in love with life, man. I'm in love with, with, with the, with my surroundings. It's not always easy and that's what makes yeah. it so loving. It's things are challenging and, um, there's a lot of learning in my personal side of life. Love to, um, flow, love to just connect to, to movement. I really feel that movement is a full, um, a full half of my being. Um, and when I'm moving well, I'm living well. And absolutely love my little girl. Absolutely love my wife. Absolutely love um, the, the social circle that I'm in. And it's a, it's a blessing to be in this situation, um, especially when others come in and they're not in a, in a very graceful place. Um, it's my, my goal is to hold space and to be that, that mirror and reflector of what's going on in your life. Because you might think that I, I'm helping you in a way that um, you need me, but really I want people to realize that I'm helping them help themselves. And we all need a little help here and there. So I, I use a lot of my personal experiences um, to help people find a, a better path. I'm a bridge builder. I don't even consider myself a coach. I'm a bridge builder. Where mm. are you now? Where do you want to be? And I can help you create that path, but I'm not going to walk it for you. And we all have our own bridge to walk. So uh, yeah. I've had plenty of experiences where I've tried to have other people walk my bridge and it doesn't make any sense to do that because we come from completely different backgrounds and lifestyles. So that's some of the personal side. Um, other than that, man, we can kind of dive into some of the, the, the areas that I ex expressed there, but, uh, yeah, stoked yeah to you be here, brother. dude, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for accepting the call, man. Um, so I'm just going to let them know how I found out about you and how we got connected. Um, so CJ, uh, he goes by movement exploration channel on Instagram and that's where I found this guy. I was like, um, and you, I don't even know if I've told you this part, um, but I, I got introduced to you via, uh, the ropes and then somebody tagged you in something. And I was like, um, who the fuck is this guy? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what the like, hell what kind of weird shit is this? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, but it, but immediately, cause kind of like you were saying, like fitness industry, it's like very linear 
and where I'm going to give you a little plug here. Various, you're more very spherical in your approach to your movement practice. Um, and, uh, I was, I was immediately intrigued. And then I started kind of like shouting you out and whatnot, uh, whenever I'd watch your stuff and man, like, I think it was maybe two or three months after following you, you post something on your, on your story about a mentorship program. And I was like, wait, I can learn to move like this, dude. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. So and from there, you know, it kind of like the, the rest is history. Uh, I, I joined the MDMC and got to like learn from, learn from you quite a bit. You know, I actually, yesterday um, I had on the movement doc um, and uh, he's a he's physical therapist, kind of similar to like Michael's background um, mm-hmm. coach then, except he went down the physical therapist path. Um, yeah. And uh, still a coach and everything as well. But um, it was interesting talking to him because the only way I was able to like understand the scope of knowledge that he was talking about um, or like any of these other practices were all based on the principles that I learned through, you know, the MDMC mentorship program. And uh, yeah, so one, I want to kind of like just plug the MDMC real quick. Um, do you want to tell them what that a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, so MDMC stands for the multidimensional movement coach, and it's truly what it is. You're, you know, we, we come from a background in fitness as becoming a trainer. You know, you get certified as a personal trainer, and then you go train. Um, and a lot of it is all technique based, and you you go and take the the test, pass it, and now you're a certified personal trainer. That's, you don't even need that to be a personal trainer. You can go be a personal trainer without certification, um, but that's kind of the general baseline. And that's um, a route I took too, but luckily I found gymnasium like right when I was getting into it. So it like blew my mind in the internship and it started out as a, um, just a little history about kind of how it, how it was developed. Cause I think that's important and how it has all these multiple dimensions. Cause it didn't start out as all encompassing as it is now. Uh, when I came in about nine years ago, um, as a senior at Cal Poly, the, the college I went to down the street, um, in order to, to um, graduate, I had to do a senior project. And this senior project um, involved you know, doing some kind of study, um, you had to do some kind of internship, something that got, got you hands-on and involved with something along the lines of kinesiology, at least where mine was. So kinesiology, practice of movement and studying movement. And so when I came into Gymnazo, I applied for that 10-week internship, got in, and from literally from the interview on, I was learning so much more application than what I learned in college. Now, college set me up for a great baseline of understanding with anatomy, physiology, um, development, and understanding different ages and what, what to look out for and medications and all these other pieces. But a lot of folks went the physical therapy route. And uh, I didn't really want to do that. I've been through physical therapy and it bored the shit out of me and it, it worked to what it said it was going to do, which is like, Hey, you have eight to 12 sessions and then you're go cleared to, to move, go cleared to work out. But at those eight to 12 sessions at the end, I didn't feel ready to do anything. I was still in pain. I still had limited range of motion. I was just cleared to go be active with not a ton of restriction. Um, so coming into this internship, it was more of a, the intention of, I want to either be a gym owner um, or, be a part of a team that was involved with some kind of movement 
lines of frustration and performance. And that's exactly what gymnasium was a combination of more so the fitness route with a little bit of performance. Um, and in those 10 weeks, it was a lot of application of how to apply planes of motion. Now it seems super simple. And a lot of people hate on like just doing planar movements, but what the internship did was help me embody the principles that I learned in school. And when I didn't embody it in school, I was just learning it and trying to pass the test and get through and uh, be cleared to get my bachelor's of science. And it was a lot of like, all right, learning your sphere. And we have a lot more terminology now since developing it. But in the very beginning, it was very um, pieced together and um, based off of Gray Institute's Applied Functional Science curriculum, which is the CAFS, which is awesome. And I think that should be a baseline for every trainer across the board to understand the, how the foot, the ankle, the knee, the hip, the spine, the shoulders, everything works together and how it can be coherent and cohesive or incoherent and all hodgepodgey and rigid. And so uh, feeling out these movements, I, I came in from a wrestler background and uh, football and a lot of lifting traditional stuff. And that's what I stuck with. But I also, from my wrestling background, it was a lot of functional movement in the sense that you had to use every body part and know your leverage against an opponent. So know when somebody's pushing you and when you're pushing, how they can use that force against you. Um, mm. And so a lot of my training started to, while I was at Poly, you know, we had a great big rec center with state-of-the-art equipment and it's two stories, had an indoor track, epic. And I always gravitated towards the machines, but then I'd go to the studio and go grab a medicine ball, a Bozu, a, a dolly of like a little ab, ab cruncher thing and uh, started just playing around and like shadow wrestling with equipment. And I got so much out of that. Like I got joy and I was like, I still want to wrestle. Um, but I decided to retire from wrestling because I had all these injuries and it was just, I didn't want to spend my life rehabbing injuries. I want to spend my life growing into my body and connecting with myself more. And at the time I couldn't articulate that. It was just, um, I was experiencing it. So coming in, you know, four years later at that senior level um, at Poly and then going into the internship, I kind of had that foundation of what I explored though I didn't want to teach any to teach to anybody because you have to have like know what a high C is, know what a double leg is, know what a sprawl is. And I was using that terminology, but applying it to equipment. And then I came to gymnasio for the internship and that's like how they talked, but it was like some different words, but it was like, it had its own methodology without being so restrictive and dogmatic. It was like, try this for yourself. Watch how this works. And it was focused on mobility and stability or flexibility and strength, really the combination of the two. And that resonated so deeply with me because in those 10 weeks, my shoulder, after having to rehab it for years, um, started to feel better. I started to get more range. I was doing pull-ups more evenly. Like normally I'd kind of bias one arm and I couldn't really figure out what I needed to do. I learned techniques with foam rolling, techniques with true stretches and did a lot more mobility work and strength work combined in a community. That was already doing it before. And I had a, a lot of mentors um, that were the coaches in the past that, um, really helped me learn. Like they wanted to partner with me. They weren't like competing with me for clients. We were working together to serve. So fast forward now where we created the MDMC course in 2020, the multidimensional movement coaching um, cert. And um, that, was, that was so fun because I got to dive back into what I learned in the internship and application and now put it out to the world uh, with Michael and, uh, and Kalina and just kind of figure out what it is that we know that works and helping others develop that same kind of skill set, recognizing that if you have a certification in TRX and let's say in MACE and in kettlebell and in animal flow and whatever else methodology you're going to learn out there, it's, it's really hard to be a coach and just teach one thing. 
And if you know all these things, it's tough to embody all of them at one time because you have certain clients that like using one tool, clients that don't want to do animal flow or they're not ready for it. You got to kind of regress or progress it. And so we were trying to figure out a way to communicate to coaches and trainers out there that there's a way to level up throughout your entire life. Like to recognize that the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Like I feel hmm. dumber since starting. I feel obviously so much smarter. I honestly yeah. feel like I know a lot more than when I started. But diving into a lot of these rabbit holes and tangents and um, questioning things, I, I developed a new framework of thought um, that I could serve anybody who comes in to see me. Am I the best person to serve this person? Right now, yes. Do I need to refer them to somebody else to get better? Probably. Do I, can I, is there something that I can do with them that's going to progress them and they can stay here? And we had the whole ecosystem set up for that here with, we have our general fitness training, group sessions, circuit training with functional movement, all free weight stuff, only machines. We have our Kaiser, so a pulley machine and a row machine. It's the only machines we used. And a lot of it is free weight. And um, a lot of people don't know how to communicate to their body when they're using free weights. They're great with machines and can yeah, tell the muscles it, to contract. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's machine, set up for yeah. the one motion. You follow the path or the, it won't work. Yep. <laughs> um, but when it comes to free weights, there's a lot of bailouts, compensations, and dysfunctions that expose themselves because there's so much potential on where to go. There's so many options. And so with the MDMC course, it helps to um, organize those options within a sphere of movement. You have an above you, you have a below you, you have in front of you, you have to the sides of you, you have all these different directions. Now, how do we communicate to our body to traverse that space? We can, you know, we can lunge, we can squat, we can push, we can pull, we can lift, we can locomote, we can vertimote, we can reach. These are the kind of the main movements that I learned through the CAFS, through Grand Institute. And then what we also applied in our course on a fitness component or a fitness level where the Grand Institute's more focused on kind of rehab and therapeutic side. So physical therapy, massage therapy, and building up a more functional basis of understanding, not just a functional movement screen, but a full body screen of mobility and stability and how to really communicate and articulate what you see um, and then what the client feels and then to put that into a program that's sustainable for hopefully for their whole life you want to have lifetime members you don't want to have to keep recycling and you've got members coming in or clients coming in for six to eight weeks and then they leave and then you got to reestablish new relationships with new clients coming in you're in this non-stop battle so how do you build retention? How do you build a community? How do you build your own methodology based on what you know and taking in all these things that you know have learned from the certifications and then using the principles from those methodologies and turning them into your own strategies and your own techniques that work with your community. Um, so really what the, the MDMC course looks at is applying the physics, applying the, the um, behavioral sciences and psychology and applying the understanding of biology, anatomy, physiology, into a sustainable program that somebody could do their entire life. And depending on where they are coming in in terms of their history of training, um, in injuries, and um, just their potential to move and what their intention is or their goals, you can help set them up on a path to success, which hopefully will be with you, but it could also be with somebody that you know, somebody that's nearby, because you know you can't serve them best, but you know that by passing them along, you can start to build this, this network on this community uh, within other, other uh, businesses and professions. So. Yeah. Um, the, the course really dives into the whole mentorship side of it. It's not just like, hey, learn this and go. It's like, watch this video. Um, now write something down or film yourself doing something and then talk about it. And then we're going to give you feedback along the way. And so it's set oh, up sta stages, you know, they're called movements, M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T-S. And each one of those letters, um, it has a whole section of learning. 
you know, you're optimizing science. You're trying to uh, learn how to encourage different types of personalities. You're learning the background of how to program and how to build a methodology where a lot of times when you go into a certification, you learn the methodology and then you know it and then that's it. But what went into creating Animal Flow? What went into creating Steel Mace Level 1? What went into creating the Level 1 IKFF kettlebell cert? All of these things came from some kind of exploration and deeper understanding from practice and from a lot of failures that then was turned into something that can be easily consumable by a coach or a trainer. But you don't necessarily get the whole backside of it which is what we help to teach you is like, let's unpack these things a little bit and really figure out what it is that we're doing versus just training somebody. Let's help coach somebody. I think every trainer has the potential to become a coach and there's nothing wrong with this, the, the word trainer. I just say that that's kind of got its own little understanding. Like, oh, you're a personal trainer, that's it. What else do you make a living doing that? It's like, yeah, you can make a living doing that as a trainer, but how do you train? What goes into your why? Are you going to burn yourself out 10 years down the road? Or is this something that you can continue to evolve as the years progress? So I don't know if that was, I mean, that was a pretty deep summary of kind of the creation of it, what went into it, my experience with it. Um, I'm really interested too, if you don't mind sharing what kind of what you went through um, in that course and maybe came oh. away with. Yeah, man. No. And man, thank you. That was a good deep dive. Uh, and I want, I want these people to know like, what the fuck is up? <laughs> it's exciting. And, There's a lot of stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, it's it's tight, man. I, you know, for me, I came into it from I, I think I shared this a little bit in the course. Um I had two clients, they were both break dancers. Um, I had one guy who had a knee injury and one guy who had a shoulder injury, and I kept trying to attack it from um I went down like the on it rabbit hole pretty early on as a coach. So I kept they then they have a great approach and everything. Um, um, however, I, I bumped up against my own my own ego when I realized like, oh shit, like I can't help these guys. I can't I can't help these guys the way that I know from the system, you know. And you know, from there I I had to one, I had to like kind of I had to take a step back and I was like, I need to like if I want to help people the way I want to help people, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let these guys go down their recovery path, you know, the way that they need to, which means for me, it felt better if I wasn't in the picture for that piece of it. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a pause on training for a while, get a job, do, you know, and just learn. And so that's what I did. You know, I, and then pretty soon after that's when I found you and Gymnazo. And so I went down that rabbit hole, man. And right away, like from the mindset piece all the way down to the bottom, <laughs> I was in it. And I, one of the things that, like you said, like a lot of certifications, like you watch the video and you take the tests and, you know, you you pass. Um and with this, it was, it was so different, you know, it was step-by-step. Step. Like you said, like you got, you got a video yourself, which I freaking hated. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, man. And now yeah. the camera is another person, but man, when I first started, I was like, my voice changed. My, my nerves rose. I'm like talking yep. super fast. I'm slurring. I'm like, what the hell's going on with this drunk fuck on the video, dude? I felt <laughs> fine. 
and now I turn the camera on and recording uh, it is shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Just yeah. getting uncomfortable and then you practice. Yeah, no, and like the, honestly, man, like throughout the co- like throughout the course, one of the big things like it, we touch on the we touch on the psychology piece of it, which is so huge because then you get to tailor your experience for the individual that you have in front of you, um, and that's so important, man. You know, like and the other thing that stuck out to me because I, I went back and forth with Michael for. Um, for everybody listening, Michael's the owner of Gymnasio. Um, uh, and, you know, man, for like six months or so, him and I were just talking. He would talk about you guys, the, the coaches that he, that he was working with. He didn't say, I have coaches working for me. He said, I work with coaches. And I was like, something's different with this dude. Like right out the gate, just the way he was talking about you guys, the way he was talking about movement, the way he was talking about his clients, which he didn't call like he called them clients but he uses special word he called them athletes and i was like huh yeah like you guys are onto something and so um yeah i think i think i think the big takeaways was being able to understand principles you know you can look at a uh, goda you can look at functional patterns, animal flow, steel may slow, like you said, like the kettlebell certs, any, any of that stuff. And it gives you a framework to be able to teach those things to anyone, honestly. And also, you know, one of the big things that I challenged myself with after that little phase was, you know, right, right now, a majority of my one-on-one clients are all like kind of physical therapy style. You know, I'm taking them from, I'm taking them from, you know, a space where they're in discomfort and not able to, not able to move very well and putting them into a state of, um, kind of flexibility and mobility, you know, and and strength, you know, I just came straight here from a client and, um, we, we met out at a trail. I had him bring his rope and that was our session. You know, and like being able to do something like that, I you you change people's lives in a way where, like, on a psychological side, like they're getting so many wins. You know, and uh, I know this is a long answer too, but like to sum it up, my big takeaways were being curious, being adaptable. And like I said, principles, it all comes back down to those principles, man. Yeah. And I mean, you touched on something really powerful there. That's it's you, you have the opportunity to change somebody's life and it's not necessarily you that's changing them. It's the space that you're able to hold because you're coming at it curious. You're not coming at it full force saying, this is what you're going to do. And you have to do it this way. It's more of a conversation through movement. Um, and that can, that can lend itself to so many different beautiful avenues. And uh, if you come at it with that principles first approach, you really have an opportunity to help them discover the path that's best for themselves. Um, you ask them, how are they feeling? And you know, when, I, when I was in college, the, one of the professors, we did a functional, um, functional lifting class. It was like functional anatomy. So you learned how uh, muscles move in different paths, in different directions. And he said, you know, don't, ask somebody what's most comfortable, 
tell them what you want them to do and then have them do it. And there's definitely some merit to it because like the difference between the hand position here and position here, you're going to be working different muscles, but what's the intent with which we're doing the exercise? Is it to get the muscles or is it for them to connect to what they feel and then have them be able to access both and be able to differentiate what they experience? You get a lot of people who are their first time training environment is here and it's intimidating as hell, no matter where you go, if it's your first time working out somewhere because you don't know the culture, you don't know the vibe, you don't know the coaches. Um, you don't know the movements and having somebody, you know, say if they're holding a mace this way or this way and saying, I got to back up, <laughs> I got to back up my ego a little bit and say, it matters and say, listen, pick one for you today. But I know that I'm going to see them tomorrow or maybe later that week or the next week. And I'm going to say, Hey, we're going to work different positions. Um, and here's why and we're going to do it for this reason and applying it directly to their life. If they're going to be doing a lot of yard work and shoveling and digging and um, pulling weeds play with those positions. Think about what, what position your hand might be in. You're not thinking of it when you're doing it. So maybe helping them explore, Hey, I want you to do 20 reps this way, you know, doing your pulls, 20 reps this way, doing your pulls. And then when you hold the mace, I want you doing this and we're going to do a, a diagonal swing. And they're starting to now embody their life through their practice so that when they go back to their life, they can live it better. They live it more like themselves. They live it more with more options and more curiosity of like, Oh shit, I have been doing this one side. I'm going to try shoveling this side. Mm, you know, they, they yes. become aware of what their body's actually doing. And I think there's a big disconnect um, from the whole fitness space into the life space. And it's, I think unconventional training is getting there. You know, the, the other flow movements and, and um, transitions from one position to another, I think it's getting there, but it's still not tapping into that specific individual or your specific community. Um, yeah. And so knowing as a coach who you are serving, you can now better articulate what it is the program is doing or what it's designed to do and not go so deep into it. Something we talk about in the MDMC course is hiding your cards. Like, yeah, okay, you got pocket aces. Don't fucking put those out there. You got time to use them. Let's like throw a couple of things out, drip, and then show the exciting piece. You know, let's, let's yep. start with just the neutral squat of what you know. All right, now we're going to split squat it. All right, this is a little bit different. All right, now I'm going to have you do a split squat with a reach down to the ground and then an overhead press. Oh, shit. This is like when I'm going to put dishes from the dishwasher into the cabinet. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's like when I put my kid <laughs> from the ground and I'm trying to put him in his crib, whatever. You know, you've got yeah. people come back all the time and say, that shit we did yesterday was fucking weird. But guess what? Last night I was doing my laundry and I did that common transverse plane lunge and I reached into the dryer. I'm like, yes. <laughs> there, there, yes. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, there, there's, there's still, I don't want to like bash on any other kind of training. Cause I think everything has an intent, but not yeah. everybody's here just to lift powerfully in the heaviest weight with a barbell and not yeah, everybody needs sure. that though. I, I love doing that shit. It's a great boost for the ego and I feel strong and I can recognize what my weak points are, but for somebody who's mm-hmm. coming in for like a first time, that's what's so intimidating. Sometimes maybe they want to go back to the barbell. Let's teach them that. Um, yeah. but having that, that conversation um, with yourself as a coach of like, Hey, this is not for me. This is for them. What do I know that can help them? There's so many layers and it's, it's, it's about tapping into your why and your how and what you do, you can literally do anything. And if you know, if you're so connected to your how and your why, that what, you can get somebody to do anything. Now that, that can get kind of dangerous because now somebody, you're like, there's a puppet and now they just want to follow you. That's not the goal. But know that if you're only stuck in your what you do, you can probably start to tap into your why and your how from doing it, 
But for somebody who's never done that thing or haven't done it enough, they can't relate to your why or your how. So you can be extremely pumped about it. But if somebody's like, I don't really like this at all, um, we got to figure out something better. <laughs> oh, gotta, big time. Big time. What's their why? What's their how? You know, why are they here? Why are they training? Some people, it's just, I'm trying to lose weight and I'm trying to get fit. And they think that that's not a bad thing, but that's very surface level. And it's not actually connecting to the person's true why and how they're going to do it. So they're going to get lost in the muck. They, you know, six to eight weeks, they're like, it's not working. It's like, you're going to need to spend like a few years doing this thing to really get something out of it. Um, oh, you might get a little time, bit man. of pieces here and there from training, but you do something long enough, that's going to give you a benefit and you're going to learn your own why and your how. And yeah. um, as a coach or as a trainer, tapping into your own why and how, you just will naturally and authentically emanate that, that energy and people will connect to it and want to find theirs too. Yeah, it's like the, uh, you know, it's like the the surface level thing is kind of like diminish the point of like diminishing returns, you know. Like if if you have that, you go on with that expectation of, man, like all I want, like I want six pack abs and da 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 da, you know, which is great, you know, don't get me wrong, but when you have these other buckets to hit, like no, I. I maybe those will be, maybe those will come like as a result of it. Maybe they don't come at all. But when you, when you move in a way where you're like, Hmm, I'm doing this so that I can, like you said, like move through my life better, man, that's powerful. Yeah. You know? sure. I dance, I dance a lot more in my life now since yeah. programming and exploring a lot of the space. Um, it's, it's become more fun and expressive to train and to move. And I, I've never, squatted like I do now. And I'm not talking about the weight I'm squatting. I'm probably not squatting as heavy as I once was, but that's not my intention. I want to feel strong and be able to go help my dad chop wood and stack wood. I want to be able to, you know, redo the yard if that's what I want to do. I want to be able to to be able to learn and to feel able to do stuff that I don't know how to do currently, but knowing that there's going to be a little bit of struggle and a learning curve to whatever it is that we do, um, the more we practice that habit of of that learning and getting uncomfortable we start to realize yeah. that there is a, a path to success and it starts with failure. Typically, if you're not failing early on, you're probably not devoting enough attention uh, to what you're doing. And yeah. the failure isn't like all or nothing. That failure could be like, Oh, I wasn't paying attention to this. Um, where my foot was or where my arm was or what, how I was doing it. Or when I swing the mace, I didn't realize I could apply a crush and a rip intention. And now, man, when I lift a barbell and I go to a squat, I'm like, I'm thinking about, uh, it's easy to get lost in the in the sauce of all the things you'd be thinking about but if i pick one <laughs> thing to focus on i give myself a rule um, i'm going to this depth or i'm going to go to these reps or the, for this amount of time or i want to explore these different dimensions and directions of how i do this and recognize what it feels like but there's a lot of stuff that i do each week that i've never done before and i'm not trying to focus too much on that but i want to put myself into a position or into an experience that I can learn how my body naturally expresses itself. What happens when I get a little stressed out and that weight's coming down on me? How do I adjust? How do I protect? Um, how do I get through it? Um, and it's like the saying, no pain, no gain has turned into no discomfort, no expansion. Um, if I don't mm. get uncomfortable, I can't expand. And if I'm recognizing pain, okay, what kind of pain is this? Is this a pain signal that's telling me to back off? Your ego is in control right now? Um, or is this a pain that's telling me I'm, I'm not paying attention to how I'm grounded um, or how I'm 
what, what path or what line am I trying to move along or what spiral am I trying to experience? Um, and I think recognizing the, the expression of those lifts. Now when I squat, it's not about squatting. It's about connecting to my hips and my feet and my ankles and to gravity into the ground and recognizing what, that, what is that experience like? What's, ex, what's coming through me and expressing itself? What happens when you know, um, I, I open my mouth when I'm like lifting, I'm like, ah, or I'm like gritting my teeth. Like there's, there's things there that are very primal. And a lot of other practitioners are out there sharing their knowledge there. With, I mean, with breathing, that's huge. With uh, like DJ Mercami um, from Strong Camps, a lot of like the, mm-hmm. the jaw strengthening uh, with uh, Chris Chamberlain, Alex Canellis, the, the WEC method and with um, Landmine, how they're able to express movements and what they're exploring. There's so many different avenues to go that it's good to go explore and to follow somebody else's path, but do it for you and recognize how it's benefiting you um, or how you're able to connect deeper with yourself. And if we can get people along that line and talk from that place, from our heart, um, and not just so much from our head and spitting all this knowledge, it's like, let's stop using all these big words and fancy muscle terms. And let's just talk like we're, like we're talking to a friend who's just learning about their body. We don't need to blow them up with all this information though dripping the information is important. I want to know what they felt and I want them to know what I saw. And if we can build that, that bridge and that connection, you know, tell me what you feel and I'll tell you what I see. That's going to help to, to bridge that gap of uh, a lack of awareness or rec- not recognizing where you're going with this stuff. Mm. It's tough to know like what you're going to be. You know, I'm, doing this, I'm doing this program for eight months. Who knows what you're going to get out of it? I'm yeah. doing this for a year. I'm doing the certification for six weeks. There's always something to get out of it, um, but it's, it's good to reflect on it and, and be with your experience, be with your training, be present with it. Um, it's easy to say, but it's a lot tougher to do because it does take mental energy um, and physical energy. Oh, man, big time. You know, I think, I think it, it kind of goes with like, uh, you know, the, the train of thought of like, you, you set a goal not to necessarily achieve the goal, but to become the person that achieves the goal, you know? And, um, I think that's, I think that's so true. You know, like, like you were saying, like, um, you know, and just in my own personal practice, like I've been really, like really loving the mace, you know? And, um, and that's, that's kind of how we met each other in person was through the mace. And like that has continued to like open up so many different parameters. And I like to do this kind of experiment where I like, I just like you said, you know, where you choose a path, you know, and sometimes, you know, you, you can go in so many different directions with it. Um, but I like, I, I like the idea of, like in order to create expansion that that you condense it, you know, um, and you stay within certain parameters. And then when you focus on those, you add that to the rest of your practice. It's like, well, it becomes second nature. It's the difference between doing a split squat with both feet flat versus doing a split squat with your back heel up versus doing a split squat with your back heel up and a longer stride. Those are Mm -hmm. entirely different experiences and expressions um, and without the parameters, you're just out there free flowing, which is fantastic. And it's probably another route to go. I like to blend the, the, the kind of the Eastern and Western side of, of thought with it, which is like, let yourself be and just surrender to that moment and do whatever feels right. But then also putting the parameters on so that you can recognize when you're not actually connected and present. 
because something mm -hmm. happened. And if you weren't communicating to your body in a way that allowed you to be successful with that path with the mace, just fucking whap you in the knee. Something didn't go right, <laughs> you know. And that's gonna yeah. that could be a pretty debilitating thing if you're if you're stepping out of the element. So, um, everyone's yeah, got I their own path. I smacked myself in the nose a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to happen. You know, ropes yeah. get you whipped. The kettlebell yep. smashes a finger or knuckle or lands in a certain way in your shin. Like it still happens in the best of them. Um, oh but yeah, it's, it's part of the it's part of the journey, part of the practice. And don't be an idiot. Um, yeah. or do make sure you film it so we can all laugh at it um, and enjoy <laughs> it but just know yes. know that there's there's uh there's more depth to be explored there always is and if uh, a big part of like i think a lot of people is in myself too is you get stagnant in the way that you're practicing and mm -hmm. then you stop you stop being inspired and passionate about it um but that's why i'm really loving the whole like instagram community side of it especially with the whole mace kettlebell and rope community. oh yeah like they're starting to collaborate communicate combine strategies um and flows and it's a beautiful art and it's a beautiful practice and it can get you fit and it can tap you into your spiritual side and it can make you smarter especially make you smarter because you're starting to connect to areas of your brain that may not have been communicating before and it's like a psychedelic trip when you get lost in flow state with uh, with any kind of tool that you're just freely exploring um, oh big start time doing a, start busting out reps you're like i don't even know how many i did but i'm out of breath something happened there <laughs> Oh man, right? yeah, that happened to me this morning, dude. I was doing my little, I was doing my little animal flow, and I was like, you know, practicing my nasal breathing, and I was like, dude, what the heck? I'm like, I'm really sweating and out of breath right now, and it wasn't anything crazy. I was just like that, just hitting those reps, you know. And uh, yeah, we kind of touched on this a little bit uh throughout that little piece but you know one of the things i really thought was unique about gymnasia is all the coaches have a way of influencing um each other's practice and you guys kind of all like uh i'd say rub off on each other like and then take and then each coach kind of tailors that to like their own personal practice um so yeah, what's your what's what are you vibing on right now as far as your personal practice goes? I got it right here. I see it all day long. It's the coil rope. Let's go. Tell yeah, us. I want to touch. It. I want to touch on the education first. I'll come back to the coil rope. But yeah, um, the team collaboration is huge, and I think it doesn't exist in a lot of spaces because people are you know trainers are renting a spot and then they're just getting their own clients. So it's a competition for sure. free for all, and um, people don't want to share what they know because it it threatens their own practice um, but i think it's completely the opposite it's uncomfortable at first but if you're in an environment that promotes it like we meet once a week every every tuesday um, mm. and we do some kind of education we either have a practitioner come in whether it's somebody selling some kind of a like nutrition blend or somebody coming in with a movement practice uh, methodology or generally it's actually just our coaches leading the the sessions and it has to do with hey we had a few clients come up with this dysfunction or this discomfort from this exercise or this, this workout, what's going on here? Is it the workout's fault or is it our coaching it? Um, and then we talk about best practices, you know, like, what do you think? What do you see? What do you feel when you do it? What are other ways we can do it? Or how can we teach it in a more sound manner that's able to be progressed easy versus giving them something difficult that's not successful. And then them feeling like they can't do something, you know, how do we mm. build upon success? Um, when, when I learned the ropes back in 2019, um, I was like, we have to, we gotta, we gotta learn this because this is a huge wave that's coming. 
Um, and it had been going on for years, but just started to pick up in 2019, 2020, especially in 2020 and 2021. Um, when oh, people yeah. didn't go to the gyms and like, I need a piece of equipment. And maybe that was just the whole Instagram circle that I was in and getting funneled reels and videos and stuff, but I saw it blow up and now it's worldwide and people started creating their own certifications around it, which is awesome. Um, we, so we did like a rope session and then we created a workshop out of it as a team. And then one of our coaches led it. I led one and um, we taught it to our members. So it kind of trickle down effect. We learn it from the person who practices it, who created the methodology. We practice it within our team, get familiar with it. And now we articulate it and adapt it to our community in a way that works you know, with the terminology that works. Yeah. Uh, we talked about mob stick stuff, mace stuff, um, best practices, kettlebell, take our bodies through a stretch sequence in a true stretch, or we'll, we'll do just a, a workout session and we take turns coaching each other. So there's a great mm. opportunity to collaborate. And it's, it's a fun vibe that I really hope more coaches and trainers get to be a part of, or they create it themselves at their own gym. Cause it's powerful when we all start learning together and growing together, our whole community grows together and they feel the effects and they want to tell their friends. And now you're growing as a collective. Um, it does take time for sure. And it's oh, yeah. the dedication you bring into it that can help it continue to, to thrive. Um, yeah, yeah. In terms of the, my personal practice right now. So the coil rope, I'm working on this with slush ropes right now. Um, she's creating a nice thicker rope with, with her current ropes. And then where I can make them smaller. So they're about arm span, one, one arm long from like heart to heart to hand. And it's a combination of, of what's found in rope flow, what's found in the steel mace flow, what's found in animal flow, what's found in our spherical movement course through the gymnasio EDU um, and applying that to something that helps somebody who's got frozen shoulder applying it to somebody who's got, um, you know, they have trouble lifting their hand overhead. This is as high as they can get. How can they use the coil rope to help them get to here eventually? So it's work. You could use any tool you want um, to do these things. And when you're, when you're a well-experienced practice coach, that's what you do. You just naturally start to do it. And you're like, man, this stuff has worked for like four or five people. I need to like make this more sound so that other people can do this too. Or I wonder if I can apply this to every person that comes through. And, uh, with the coil rope, it's basically just, just like the ropes, you're attaching your right and your left sides. And depending on how you're holding it and moving it, um, it creates, you know, you got external rotation of the shoulder, you got internal rotation of the shoulder. So you can open and you can spin versus telling somebody to externally rotate and internally rotate the shoulder. They might not have any feedback because they're a free arm and a free hand and they don't have anything innervating that tissue. But how do we involve the fascia, the muscles, the bones, our intent, um, and then our spherical space into creating something that just makes sense. And then we have the saying, feel it, know it. You know, you, yeah. I can talk about it all day long, but until you actually do it and feel it and practice reps, um, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. It's hard to communicate something that is beyond words. It's, a, it's a, an emotion. It's a release. It's a surrender. Um, and at the same time, it's an intention. You've got this paradox that sits with surrender and intent. You know, you've got to surrender to what your body's capable of, but you've got to be intentional with what you're trying to do. You've got to build your own bridge. Um, so that course is coming out in 2023. Really stoked about that. So I've been playing a lot with this. Um, that Let's being said, I'm st I, still, I still lift um, three to five days a week, do some cardio or, or strength training. We call it strength and cardio um, classes, but really everything is strength and everything's cardio. It's just the intention with which you bring to that exercise in that day. So my Thanks. number one, like for me, it's get my heart rate up, get sweaty, get uncomfortable. I want to feel a little bit of fatigue. I want to feel that point of failure. And that point of failure probably isn't with the heaviest weight possible, 
it's with a submaximal load for multiple reps for multiple sets. And I'm realigning those fascial lines that um, you'll see in anatomy trains from Tom Myers. It's actually one of the books I recommend. Um, it's just to get a visual of how your right pinky connects to your left big toe, how your mm -hmm. groin connects to your left earlobe. Like it's silly things, but you're like, oh shit, okay. If I'm training my muscles, I'm missing out on the whole other aspect that actually trains the muscles. Train movements to train muscles. Train intentions to train movements to train muscles. Oh my gosh, I'm connecting with what intention means and I'm embodying it. And every single one of us can go through that. There's so much gain to be had and shared from experiencing that level of connection. Yes. So gassed uh, up. Yes. Right I mean, <laughs> I, my, my, tools that, my tools that I love using right now, um, kettlebell, mace, landmine, and ropes. I kind of stick with those generally every single day. But um, like I said, a, a program uh, for a whole quarter. So like we have quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. Right now I'm programming for quarter one in 2023, reflecting on what we've programmed for these past three, three months. And how we do it at Gymnasio is um, we have month one, which is basically Monday through Saturday of week one, Monday through Saturday of week two, Monday through Saturday of week three, and Monday through Saturday of week four. And then we repeat that for month two. And we yeah. repeat that for month three. So every day is a different set of exercises with a similar intent. Or people mm. are like, oh, you need repetition to get stronger. It's like, yeah, but you don't need to do the exact same thing unless that's what you're trying to get better at. If you're really trying to get better at moving and be able to just react to life with more intention and more so a response to life versus a reaction to life, mm -hmm. you know, you, you react to something that's coming at you and you're like, oh man, I think I jacked up my shoulder. I can't turn left. We usually just write that stuff off. But those are usually the first signals of something that's going to turn into a dysfunction later on if we keep letting, letting it go um, and forgetting about it. Because it's something that's going to be hiding in our, in our fascial lines. Um, so everything, oh, that involves, yeah. everything that involves some kind of swinging and those eight motions that I talked about, I'm always squatting, lunging, lifting, pressing, pushing, locomoting, invertimoting, and reaching. Those eight are my, my daily staples. If I haven't hit one of those, I know it. Um, a lot yeah. of directions, a squat in a lot of directions. Also squat just neutral with X, X, E feet and throw that barbell on my back and just go heavy, you know, but my, yeah. my intention. Break down what X, X, E. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, A, X, E. Yeah. Like A, X, yeah. you know, it's uh, those three letters. X, X, E are one of our six standard positions from uh -huh. what we call SFT positions or safety positions. S standing for sagittal, F standing for frontal and T standing for transverse plane. Sagittal has two options. Think about your sagittal plane and what you see in the textbook splits you right down the middle from the right to the left. So you can either go right foot forward or left foot forward to stay in the plane. What that does is completely change how your hamstrings, quads, calves, and core are loading, right? When you're squatting. And 100%. then when you go into the, uh, so that'd be RXX or LXX. So R or L for the S. And then mm -hmm. for the F, the frontal plane, you either have narrow or wide. So that's either the N or the W, and that completely changes your frontal plane hip position. You're in abduction or you're in adduction. And that's not the most important part. It's what's now occurring from that position. You're loading up more of your abductors and adductors. Okay, let's take it one layer further. You're loading up the fascial tissue in the medial or the lateral aspect, the whole side of your body or the whole inside. And then for the T, you have what we said, XXE. So you have external rotation of your feet turned out or internal with your feet, I. So that turns you into exaltation at your hips, which is going to give you a little less glute loading, but everybody loves to squat in that position because it gives you the most depth. However, it doesn't give you the biggest butt because you've actually pre-shortened your glute muscles and now they're not actually getting full length. When you turn your toes in, you have a whole bunch less squat, but because you've preloaded your glutes. 
primarily, right? So mm -hmm. you won't get as much depth, but since you're preloaded, you're getting more eccentric load in that posterior lateral hip tissue that then is going to progress you into just your neutral squat. If you have more access in flexion and extension, more access in adduction and abduction, and more access to external internal rotation at your hips, you have a whole yeah. lot more potential in squatting motions and lunging motions and balancing movements and kicks and pretty much everything you do with your legs and your lower half yeah. of your body. So those SFT positions, that's kind of our general baseline of understanding of how to apply planes of motion to training in a way that's organized so that you know you're actually getting something out of it. You're not just going to position just because, which is cool too, but it may not get you anywhere. But when you know you're going into these positions and what tissues to load, you can then reflect on what you sense. And if you're not sensing when you go right foot forward, what you're sensing when your left foot's forward, that may be hinting at a subliminal dysfunction that's going to be building over years. And so we use those as an assessment tool. I want to see how you squat in the SFT positions and in neutral. That's going to be a fantastic gauge of how you're able to access loading in your hamstrings, adductors, abductors, glutes, your front of your hip, the back of your hip, basically, the sides of your hip. Um, and so I said that real quick, but it's because it's all in the MDMC course. <laughs> and we deep dive into that. And that's not all it is. That's simply oh, it's one so much way of applying planes of motion in a very functional, effective way. Yeah, for you to no. assess, assess somebody and go like, yeah, I'm going to put you in these positions. It's going to be a little bit weird, but it's going to give you a lot of information in a little bit of time. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I, that's, that's why I wanted to like touch on it a little bit because I, I want somebody listening to go <laughs> XXE squat. Oh, what is that? Oh, let's, let's put them on a little bit. Like give them a little teaser, like what, what that is, man. Totally. Um, so obviously you work at, you know, gymnasio and you got a lot of other coaches and a lot of other inputs from like the athletes that you work with and everything um but as you spoke about earlier you got a whole slew of roles um that to play inside of your life and uh so my next question is how and rather what kind of inspirations or books or podcasts mu music movies whatever What's kind of inspiring your personal practice right now? Right now, I haven't been doing a lot of podcasts, um, been more so having conversations and stuff. So I go through waves, um, but I will say books that are involved, like not necessarily self-help books, um, those can be helpful, but ones that just inspire new ways of thinking or new, new avenues of thought. Um, two of them that really stood out to me that I read a few years ago, but still um, I involve in my practice a lot are the uh, energy of emotions by uh, Emily Marushian and just talks about essentially the whole wave of emotion that we can experience as a human uh, and the black hole emotions up until the white hole emotions. And there's nothing wrong with any one of those emotions, but they're essentially stages um, to reflect on if you're trying to shift your mood, shift your, your emotion. Then eventually your moods, this comes from um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Becoming Supernatural, essentially like your, added, your attitudes or your moods start to turn into your reality. Um, the more you are stuck in a certain state, whether it's pissed off, frustrated, joyful, um, calm, whatever it is, um, those will turn into habits that turn into your personality, that turn into your personal reality and how you see the world. So these two books mm. went hand in hand because I was... I was getting frustrated and angry with myself. Just like I'm seeing a lot of people that are very successful and making a lot of money, or at least look like they're making a lot of money and doing these cool things. 
Uh, I'm like, okay, how do, what, what am I going to be like in five, 10, 15, 20 years? And am I setting myself up for more success or am I just completely ignorant to what's happening and I'm going to turn into a black hole because I'm not aware of it. So mm. um, understanding I'm a very emotional guy um, in terms of I have highs and I have lows, but you, it doesn't affect me and how I necessarily work with people. It's just something that I have kind of going on in the background. And so this anger, frustration, wherever it came from, um, when I started exploring movement, I could embody those emotions and shift them. I'd be like super frustrated and pissed off and throwing some med ball against the wall. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm tired, dude. And then start laughing at myself. And I'm like, dog, good job, man. Yeah. You just shifted your state. Um, and so when I got to that book, um, Energy of Emotions, it was it's like, hey, if you want to be really happy or just in a, in a peaceful place, but you're like angry and frustrated, you can't just like skip to that. You've got to yeah. get, if you're, if you're frustrated, um, get yourself angry and then you can start to shift yourself to kind of this, um, I don't know the perfect direction of this, but you get yourself into this bored state. And then once you're bored, now just do something and get a little bit irritated. But then that irritation then turns into, um, like a laughter or joy and then that can turn into the next stage and the next stage and there's nothing wrong like you're going to ebb and flow throughout your day but the more you go yeah. into the negative spiral you start to end up in this black hole and you hate everybody everybody's a liar a phony <laughs> and it, it's true man we all end up in some form of that yeah um, for sure but if we can't be honest with ourselves in it it's very tough to get out of and it affects everybody around us and um then with uh, becoming supernatural, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, understanding how we can shape our personal reality and completely shift our towards our future by living in that experience now. Like if we mm. really did the work to think, I really want this thing. Let's stop thinking about wanting it. And what is it once I have it that I will feel? What does that clearly look like and feel like? So you match this um, intention with the emotion of it. And internally, yeah. your body can't, differentiate between that and what's really happening now that's what you're internally experiencing is now and you become this electromagnetic conduit for that thing from this quantum place that doesn't exist it's only in your head and you feel it and now you're drawing that closer towards you and then it just happens um mm. I'm putting that out of out of context and probably just bastardizing the what he said but i encourage you to go read it because you can really start to apply some of the techniques and principles and strategies that he's got in the book um, yeah. you start creating a new, new reality. And, and so far, I mean, knock on wood, but it works. <laughs> um, yeah, bro. I mean, just like, I have no, I, I kind of know a little bit, you know, cause we've talked quite a few times, but like, if I had to, if I had to go based off of, you know, somebody who's like living what they're talking about, you know, you're doing it, you know what I mean? So like, it must, it, it must, yeah, it must be working. Yeah. yeah. Obviously there's um, a lot of things. I'd love to have a really nice house on the beach and have all this stuff. And I recognize myself thinking you're never going to have that. And I go, okay, wait a second. You can have that. Mm. What's that feel like? What's that look like? What would you do with that? Um, wh what would life be like? And so it, it kind of takes me to this other place of not wanting that thing, but recognizing that energy of me being in that place is here. It's just might be down the road a little bit and I don't need to rush to it. I'm really enjoying where I'm at right now. Um, but also doing the steps and stuff to, you know, creating courses and having conversations and networking with people and understanding what it takes to um, become that 
best version of ourselves. And we all have that potential yeah. and it's fucking hard work. I saw rough days. I saw days where I'm like, dude, fuck it all, man. Like what, why am I doing what I'm doing? But again, it's just like energy that might've consumed from the day or shared with other people. And oh, for sure, man. And, and if I'm going to say podcast, and you're listening obviously to Aubrey Marcus and stuff and people he has on Aubrey Marcus and Duncan Trussell, those two guys, they bring on awesome guests that really resonate with me. Um, they talk about spiritual stuff and then, complete comedians about it all too like very humble in their conversation and um, how they articulate things is so beautiful and i hope one day i can be at that level but i don't necessarily want to be podcasting every day i don't necessarily want to be doing the things that they're doing i want to have yeah. my own version of that and i feel like i do but we're it's, you know this evolution and what's the rush yeah no seriously and i i think that's a i think that's so tight dude you know um like i'm i am very excited to to see where life takes us both you know what i mean yeah um it kind of brings me to we touched on it a little bit with the with the book you know um but something that uh what are what is one way or a couple of ways rather that your movement practices helped you grow emotionally or whether it's just helping you move through emotions or maybe become becoming more like emotionally mature yeah um i think since creating the spherical movement course which was just early this year it all started to become more organized um, last year i had a pretty intense um, plant medicine experience i was really it was like it's a four-day um, three-night ayahuasca and i went into it pretty terrified of what was gonna what could happen and yeah. I realized I was not aligned with my intentions and my own practices and habits and rituals. And um, in those three nights, I, what came to me was um, what was already within me. It's just, hey, these movements that you're doing, just be more present with them. And no matter what it is that you do, just be doing it. Mm. Like, do it, it's fine. Reflect on it and have this experience. But while you're doing it, recognize... <laughs> How you're doing it and the how is simply like what did i decide to do when i reached this up and not necessarily questioning every little aspect of it but what i found was that the lunge matrix um, and the spherical reaches with it could help me balance out my physical body from my front to my backside, from my left to my right side and then from my top to my bottom and going through the lunge matrix i can recognize where i'm holding a lot of my energy um, you got chi you call it energy you could call it whatever you want um but i can i yeah. can i can have this internal communication of this feels oh this feels like me or mm -hmm. when i'm moving i'm like something's off here i'm gonna spend some time in this position and then i have a cool little setup at my dojo you've been there um yeah the whole setup with the equipment that's there it's all kind of hodgepodge but since then it's been organized quite a bit more so i got this whole rack of tools that i use and i like to think of it like it's my arsenal for attacking this experience and not attacking mm. it in a negative way. It's attacking it in a very intentional way of, I just want to communicate with my body on a deeper level and feel here. Like I don't need mm -hmm. to make any progress necessarily, anything bigger. I just need to feel that my feet are my feet, my hips are my hips, my shoulders are my shoulders, my hands are my hands, and everything in between is also part of that. And everything outside of it is also having a play in it. So yeah. I think having that, that plant medicine experience really opened me up to the you know this the saying that all is one like everything is one 
And I could say tons of words about it, but it really is an internal experience that I feel like I'm recalibrating. I feel like now I can be of service as my person that I am right now as my human and do what I need to do today to keep moving forward. Um, and just having that connection helps to calm me down. I, pre- I live in a pretty calm state, a pretty joyful state most of the time. Um, so when, when something, somebody comes in from a, for a one-on-one and they're sharing me, with me a really sad story, somebody died or they had a separation or um, something physically is just completely debilitating them and they have no mental real estate to calm down. They're just like mm-hmm. on edge. Um, they want to play with their kids or they want to go do these trips, but they're in pain and they're worried that it's not going to go away. Um, I, I recognize when that stuff sticks to me now and I, I take it home with me and I certainly need time when I come home, like decompress a little bit when I have like a full day of seven or eight sessions, which doesn't happen all the time. But when I do, I'm like, Oh, I didn't have any like me time. So mm-hmm. it's having that, that 30 minutes to an hour and a lot of times longer. Um, now it's, now it's kind of like what I can find, um, with having a, having another priority in my heart outside myself with my child, but, um, mm-hmm. there's still times in there and I can still do things with her too. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a matter of having that practice when I'm on my best, when I'm at my best, what does it feel like to be in my body and connect with that versus just like, I feel so good. I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm never like, I'm never in my body. I'm just in the experience, the external experience of it. Um, I want to be in my body and in the external experience. So I often will find myself not using a chair. I'll just squat. Like right now I'm using a chair, but most of the time I'm just like squat sitting or I'm standing on a balanced leg and it's helping yeah. me just to ground myself. And I was missing a grounding practice before um, that experience last November. And since then I've, I've lunge matrix every day. Like this year was the year of the lunge matrix for me. So I shared lunge a lot matrix of 2022. Early. That's right. I shared, I shared a lot in the beginning of the year, but um, this half, I still do it every day, different shape or form, different equipment. And the, the tool that I use teaches me a lot. So sometimes it's just my body, sometimes using an elastic band. Sometimes I've got the coil rope. Sometimes I've got a kettlebell, a mace and, um, I've started to use those tools as external expressions of myself to reflect back on me. It's like a partner. It's a dance. Um, so yes. to, to my, my number one objective is to kind of get me back to a good baseline when I'm falling off track and when I'm on my high, high, still finding my baseline so that I can integrate that, those high highs and, and sustain it. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's like a melt mold move for your, for your like, internal awareness. Yeah, exactly, dude. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So often um, I consume a lot of cannabis and that's been my, I call it my sacrament. Like that's, I yeah. connect really well with that and some people have issues with it, but I'm like, Hey, it's, you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't, but um, it works for no, me for sure. and I function really well with it. And I found that that's kind of a good, um, good connection piece um yeah i've been vibing on uh i think i told you this in our instagram messages but i've been really vibing on uh some kratom lately and like dude yeah, the, it's, pick, it's picking up everywhere bro the internal awareness that brings i i can't i can't do uh cannabis for for that kind of setting it puts me like opposite of you what i'm assuming like it puts you very internally I'm like external (laughs) or like maybe most I could do is like if I wanted to like meditate for a couple hours, you know, take a puff or two and then do that. But, uh, um, yeah, I, that's something that's been like, that's been huge. Just like, 
I feel like uh, that embodying piece, um, along with like, you know, I, I have like a whole slew of herbs that I take in the morning, but like that along with like microdosing mm-hmm. has been so, so mind opening, soul opening. And um, I really liked what you said about the using your tool as a dance partner, you know, like that's, that's it. <laughs> like that's your movement practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like yeah, the, one of the statements that came to me was like, um, life is a dance. So in, uh, this has been said for centuries for, I mean, for longer life that is life is, and that's where I'm connected right now. And a year and a half ago that I wouldn't have come up with that, that, that motto internally for me, not that I came up with that, but it, that's what came to me. And I was like, Oh, that resonates. Like, Oh, I'm going to live with that. And yeah. life is a dance. And sometimes you stumble and sometimes it looks sloppy. And other times it looks so graceful and it's in itself that change, that shift. Um, I started reading a lot of Taoism and um, the book of changes. So the Taoist I Ching and um, the, the Tao of physics and connecting with this, you know, the supreme reality, everything that is, is it is like, there's no other thing to say about it. It just is. And um, we've run out Dao of words physics. to say because there's not enough word. Yeah. Tao of physics. Great one to check out. Um, it's, it's so easy to start talking about stuff, but then you're talking yourself in circles. It's much easier to just move in circles and then recognize that you, that you are all of it. It all, it's all within you and mm. all these beautiful lines and spirals and stuff. That really is the experience that we're in. And when we're tied away from it or we're, we're shifted away from it, whether it's mentally, physically, or spiritually, and any one of those, those buckets, um, it's going to bring a lot more discomfort that we didn't choose. So a lot of my practice is getting to a point of discomfort, whether it's for a few seconds or a few hours, um, hopefully not too long, more than a few days. Um, when yeah. there's, there's, I get, I still get pain and pains and injuries that pop up here and there. Um, uh, but it's because of a lack of my own awareness and a too much of a boost in my own ego that I'm like, all right, I gotta, this is a reflection that either I can keep going down this path or I can take a week and it's going to be uncomfortable, but do something about it, whether it's yeah. just surrendering and, and meditating and breathing and saunaing and floating, or it's actually, I need to go internally, uh, intentionally stretch, um, pull something apart. I need to ask the universe to help me you know there's there's so much out there and um, i'm hoping next year that i'll have some retreats going at least one that'll involve some movement and some meditation Um, there's a class that i created that's called uh, mindful movement here and involved i I would do like 10 to 15 minutes of a meditation with sound bowl healing and then another um, 30 minutes of some movement and then end with 10 minutes of just um, small you know breathing techniques or some small movements that are more uh, Feldenkrais style and uh, is powerful. Like people got a lot out of it at all ages. And it was yeah, kind of, it was a lot of work to put together because I held a lot of space for people and, and be ready for modifications and stuff. It's kind of like a yoga, but without the organized um, fl- flows that they have, um, it was much more of an organized f- spherical recalibrating. And that's so the spherical movement course actually has a lot of the movements that we do in the mindful movement class, but with the retreats, um, more targeted spherical movement. So if you want to dive deeper, you take the course um, through Gymnasio EDU on our Thinkific, or you come to a class and just feel what that's like. And you come away with, you know, a handful of movements that you're like, I want to do that again. Involves like some Qigong, involves some yoga style movements, 
involves yeah. a lot of spherical movements and a lot of the three-dimensional training and lunge matrix type stuff um, to, to truly navigate your space. And if you don't know how to navigate your space, it's time to figure that out. Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already kind of touched on the, the, the last question I had for you, which was, you know, how has your movement practice helped you spiritually? And I, I like I, I like pairing the emotional and the spiritual together because they're kind of one and the same in a sense, you know. Totally. All, both both very feeling based. So, yeah, go ahead. What what's your what was your, what was your question? How they connect? Sorry. Yeah. So, like, what 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 is one way your movement practice has helped you grow spiritually? I think it is that that navigation piece. Um, and what I mean by navigation is. Um, physically, I know I see in front of me, I know there's a behind me, I know to the sides of me, and I know above and beneath. Um, and when I close my eyes, there's still that physical sense. But internally, how do we navigate? It's like if you went out into space, like you just blast it off. What's up, what's down, what's left, what's right, what's front, what's back. If you mm. don't have anything to reflect on, right? There's nothing to mirror your, your position in space. Um, or something's too far away, you, get, you kind of find these edges. And I think there's, there's places in our psyche and in our imagination, uh, when we close our eyes, it's just, yeah, it's black, but can we move now while we have our eyes closed and feel balanced? And when we don't feel balanced, can we hold that position with our eyes open and then just close our eyes and then how do we connect? And sure, this is tapping into different nerves in our body and, and our peripheral awareness and, um, you know, vestibular system and, and finding where your head is over your body. And yeah. I found that I need to have a internal navigation as well that combines my physical or physical is more 3d space related, spherical related internally. What is it that I'm trying to align to? And so two of the things that come up for me is like my warrior spirit. And I want to be aligned with the divine path. What does that mean? I think you could define it for yourself and everybody could for themselves too. I don't necessarily have a definition for that, but I have a feeling for that. And I know mm -hmm. like when I'm in this, I'm um, uh, connecting with my warrior spirit, it's I'm holding my ground and I'm able to fight, but I'm also able to serve. And I don't have to just go out and fight. Like I, I might not be fighting anybody physically. I might just be fighting myself internally, mentally, mm -hmm. putting myself down. So recognizing thought forms. And am I battling them or am I surrendering to them and letting them pass through and just offering them love? And so one of my practices um, in that and then aligning with divine is just that there's something more powerful than me, but it's also within me. If we are here, that's the most magical thing possible, dude. To have a consciousness and you'll talk about this stuff. It's silly because we'll just talk ourselves in circles, like I said, but when we start to feel it, um, mm. It's like you're consuming energy and then you're filled with it. Now, what do you do with it? Yeah. Well, you can either be completely off the wall crazy and just like, ah, I'm just a spiral ball of energy, which yeah. I'll do sometimes too when I'm alone. I'm like, I want to shake shit out. I'm flinging like, my arms around, flap my wings like a bird. It just feels right. Um, and it's mm -hmm. silly and it makes me laugh. And that's stirring energy. You're creating it. You know, you sleep, you're still alive. There's still energy in there. So um, my navigation internally, um, is it's, I do this little cross and I'm not very religious by any means. Um, I was baptized Catholic, but I don't go to church and I don't read the book. I, you know, I think I read a lot of books. I read a lot of different, um, practices of religion. And I found that for me, it's 
I need to align with what's happening inside so that I can, I can be of service. I can be, I can be helpful in this world. So I'll find mm. like, I'll, I'll typically go to my head and to the heavens, you know, praise God for what that means to me. Um, and for everything that is it's outside, it's inside, it's all of us. I'll take it to my heart for, um, to the earth to praise my body. Cause I am grounded. I am rooted. I'm here. I'll take it to my East. I'll take it to my West. And I have purpose along this path, along our horizontal in this world, we live on the earth. What is my purpose here? Um, so I'll, I'll just ask myself those things and then I'll take it to my heart because I want everybody to be loved and to feel love. I want everybody to be seen and feel seen. I want everybody to be healthy and feel healthy. Um, so I go mm. heart, head and gut, and then I receive what's mine and I let go of what's not mine and I shake it all free. Um, and there's a bit more to that practice too, but um, just having that daily, it's like a, it's like a mudra. It just, it sets the tone, it cleanses my space and it helps me recognize when energy is coming at me that's not mine, that I don't have to absorb it. I can reflect it back. Um, I don't Let's have to go. take somebody's other issues with me. That's their issues and they're coming to me and I will help them the best that I can to help themselves. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my, how I integrate the movement side of it. I'll move my hands in certain ways that could be symbolic. It just more so helps me be consistent. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, like this morning, uh, right before I did my little, my little flow, I, I was like, you know what, today I feel like I need to like sage, use a little Apollo, open the windows, clear the space, and then go into my practice. Man. Totally. What a, what a sense of like reverence, you know, and respect for yourself the space that you're practicing in and like you know that internal awareness that you're speaking about so huge so huge um we covered so many things <laughs> um and i know this one's gonna be probably the hardest question i'm gonna ask you maybe not um but if we could give all of these wonderful people a takeaway just one takeaway today. What would it be? Develop some kind of movement practice that's daily. It's something simple. Don't say I'm going to do this thing for 30 minutes a day. Do it for five minutes. Yes. Do it for five minutes. If you want to do it for longer, go for longer. Don't do it for yes. shorter. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Um, yeah. So it kind of brings us to a little bit of our close right here. Um, uh, we close it out with a little quote of the day. Um, and I want to, usually I, I present a quote, but if you have anything that you'd like to share, I'm open to that as well. Um, yeah, my quote for the day actually came out of the book that I just finished for the second time, Green Lights. Um, and it's kind of talking about the, he's talking about, the experience of living life. Um, and so he closes out with, um, he closes out with saying, I'd rather get a C in the knowledge and an A in the experience of life. And I, for me, that speaks a lot about like what we were talking about in our conversation experience it feel it feel it know it versus 
knowing it and not experiencing it. Yeah, there's another, another statement along those lines. It's I'm gonna butcher it again, but uh, <laughs> those who know do not speak. Those who speak do not know. Mm. So take that for what it is. I speak a lot, and I'm like, I must not know a lot. <laughs> oh, maybe I do know a lot. You know, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that one. Um, but one that one that I stand by too is um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Don't know who said that. But uh, a member actually said that to me two weeks ago. She's like, that's what this place feels like. Nobody's going alone. Mm. We're all going together. And we're going far. So I love that. It made, it made me almost tear up when she said it too, because I was like, damn, she's come a long way. That's powerful. That's so tight. So I'm going to credit you- her with that quote, because she's the one who shared it to me. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, works, man. Hey, uh, so tell everybody where to find you. Yeah, a couple of spots. Um, find me on Instagram, of course, at movement underscore exploration underscore channel. It's a good way to usually post pretty much daily, if not um, every few days. And I put a lot of stuff in my story there. Uh, more of just my professional side. I don't share a lot of personal stuff on there. Occasionally I do, but it's more of just my, my journal, my diary of movement and exploration and a good way to connect and, and see a lot of, uh, like I have a whole link tree on there too, that has, um, links to our courses, links to our, um, podcast links to our YouTube, which is a great resource. If you're a coach or trainer, um, or just Big an time. enthusiast and we want to learn a lot, a lot of free content there, uh, links to the MDMC links to the, um, a lot of different like discount stuff, um, shoes that we wear, clothes that we wear and stuff that I really stand behind comfortable sustainable wear um so go that route um and then obviously i'm in slow at gymnazo so if anybody is looking to want to pop through for a workout um you can reach out to me through instagram it's the best way but hey i'm stopping through going to be in town or hey i want to do a session what's that like um and then that's i mean that's the best way to go i'd go that route the best way to really get con get uh, contact me is be an mdmc be a multi-dimensional movement coach and you have direct access to me so yes and I highly recommend anybody who is a coach to go down that rabbit hole. This month too, November, there's a huge discount on MDMC. So oh. if you're looking to get into it, I think it's like 500 bucks off. That's Dude, insane. That's a steal. <laughs> so uh, we're trying to expand this community and we're going to do little things like that. I don't know if this, this deal will come around again. That one's pretty massive. Um, yeah. and this course is growing. So the whole mentorship side of it. If you have questions too, just want to chat about it. Uh, we can definitely see if it's right for anybody, anybody who's listening to this that, that wants to be involved or at least learn more. We can do a little setup call with Michael or I and, and uh, talk shop. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming on, bro. You got a couple got minutes a after we get out of here? Yeah. yeah, I got a couple. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Think. Peace. There we go.